Hello and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast Royal Ascot Day 1 Preview. This is the first of five episodes that we'll get this week, which is covering the 2022 Royal Ascot meeting. I'm so excited for it, I can't wait. And I'm sure my partner in this podcast, Ross Miller, who is an SBK betting podcast regular, also cannot wait. We've got everything. International horses coming across, 35 races over five days. It's just going to be fantastic. How much are you looking forward to this, Ross? Do you know what, uh, TC? I am actually getting really excited. I think uh, meeting up with you guys on uh, Thursday, your infectious attitude has rubbed off on me. I then went to the Czech Republic working under another, another guys and met an equine physio whose son is stud manager at Ridgemont Stud. So dad is flying from Czech Republic, son is flying to Australia to, to meet up for Royal Ascot, uh, to watch the Australian horses win was uh, how it's put to me. So uh, yeah, it just sort of the international feels actually sort of grabbed hold of me a bit and I am really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's like the Olympics of horse racing. The international feel is arguably my favourite aspect of Royal Ascot. Obviously, we, get, we don't really know how the form stacks up between the Australian runners, the one Czech runner, the French runners, the Japanese runners the American runners, of course, against the British fields, but it's going to be brilliant. Really looking forward to it. One jockey who I cannot wait to see is Mr. Irod Ortiz. He's got five rides for Wesley Ward, rides Golden Powell, of course, in the King's Stand Stakes, which will come to shortly. Do you think Irod Ortiz will get a winner this week for us? Yeah, I think he, I think he will, TC, because you seem, you seem adamant he will. Um, and uh, <laughs> you're, you're pretty hot on all things American. I, I, I do think, uh, as we mentioned in the podcast we recorded earlier, uh, last week I do think maybe he'll uh, take a ride or two to get into the groove but top class jockeys are top class for a reason you know, they're able to read a race and read pace very well so if he doesn't get it right first time I'm sure by the uh, end of the five rides he'll be flying yes I hope so anyway I hope he gets one winner on the board it'll be fantastic just for Royal Ascot if Wesley Ward and Aaron Ortiz can get a winner lovely international feel and we've touched on leading riders just there William Buick Ryan Moore they're top two in the market for the leading rider at Royal Ascot this year who do you think will come out on top I, I, I think William Buick will. I think uh, he's perhaps got a slightly broader spectrum of rides. You know, I think uh, Coolmore probably a little bit light with some of the older horses, uh, whereas I think, and, and William is probably slightly more able to pick up, pick up a few spares as well, perhaps. So, yeah, I, I think William Buick's got a, got a great chance. Yeah, and those who are punting William Buick in the leading rider category will be hoping he gets off the mark on the first day aboard Caribus in the St. James's Palace, arguably his best chance of the week. And he's riding that horse for Charlie Appleby, who's second in the top trainer betting currently, behind Aidan O'Brien, who's won top trainer at Royal Ascot on numerous occasions. Do you think he'll win it again? Um, I, I, when I knew we were talking about this, I had a bit of a look. I, I, I could see an upset here, actually. I could see, you know, not perhaps needing all that many winners and perhaps someone from slightly left field. I mean, even maybe George Bowie, SBK sponsored. Cache, I think he's got a great chance. And then he's got some quite nice uh, handicap chance as well towards the end of the week as well. So I, I think maybe a bit of an upset. It'd be fantastic for us uh, at SBK if George does win uh, leading trainer at Royal Ascot. As you say, he does have a few good chances. So hopefully he goes well. I personally think Aidan O'Brien's deep squad is going to be too good for the rest. He's got so many runners this week. Loads of chance in the two-year-old races. Kiprios in the Gold Cup as well. Not that I fancy him, but look, he's going to go close. Aidan O'Brien isn't represented in the main feature race that we're about to discuss, the King's Stand, but Kulmar R in the shape of the aforementioned Golden Pal, represents Wesley Ward. He's my selection in the race. I think he's going to make all. Ross, who do you like? I like Twilight Calls. I just wonder if there's a potential for a Golden Pal and a Nature Strip just to take each other on a little bit. Maybe Irad not quite reading the camber of the Ascot Hill all that well. And I, I think Twilight Calls travel so well. Ryan Moore on board. Um, I think there could be a bit of an upset there with uh, Henry Candy's horse getting to the front. He's not a horse that I've 
really got a, fond, a fondness for. I don't really like him that much, but I can see the angle. Like, they go really hard early. As I say, Golden Powell should be in front after three strides. His gate speed is unmatched in this field. And you've got the likes of Winter Power in there as well, who'll be challenging for the early advantage. That will suit a horse like Twilight Calls. That will also probably suit Nature Strip, the Aussie horse. How do you think he'll get on, Ross? Not a clue, TC. He looks very quick from what I've seen on uh, on uh, clips from Twitter. Um, and like I said, the, the the Czech guys that are coming over, um, very involved in the Chris Waller setup, they, they just don't see him getting beaten. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, if Nature Strip runs well, that'd be fantastic for everyone. Look, I'm on Golden Power, you're on Twilight Calls, but we want to see all these horses perform really well. King's Lynn's in there for the Queen. Imagine if he wins. That would be brilliant for the Platinum Jubilee, obviously the Queen this year. The Czechs, you've just mentioned the Czechs, they've got a runner in here in Pontus. Um, there are loads of Irish runners as well, Manista, Logo Hunter. It's going to be a phenomenal race. I'm really looking forward to it. Is there anything at a bigger price than Twilight Calls that you think could upset? Uh, possibly Arecibo. I thought he's just a, a, a high-class handicapper. He, you know, he's tough and hardy and uh, he's been knocking on the door in some big races, so wouldn't put people off him at a big price. Yeah, he ran really well in the race last year, actually. Um, but the Kingstand doesn't feature in our Napa Next Best, actually, uh, on the first day of Royal Ascot. And we'll get to the Napa Next Best right now. Ross, you can go first. Uh, so my nap comes in the uh, Coventry Stakes, and I think you're quite sweet on this one as well, TC. Uh, Richard Hannon trained Persian Force. Absolutely sluiced up in the Brocklesby, but didn't look like a typical Brocklesby winner. He was big and scopy and powerful. And then you mentioned you, I think you were at the Brocklesby meeting, weren't you, with SBK? You mentioned that you spoke to Ross O'Reilly, who said he wasn't particularly a fast, precocious type, and they thought he'd develop. So he did duly come out and then beat an Andrew Balding uh, previous winner, Holgren, and beat him very nicely when it's up to six furlongs. I think he's going to see the trip out really well. He's got a nice enough draw. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sweet on him. And then the next best comes into Wolferton, uh, new mandate. Um, this is much easier than trying to chase Baid last time in the Lockinge. Um, before that, he was a course winner over a mile on good ground, good well, good to firm ground at Ascot. Only just getting to the front at the very end. So I think there's a reason to expect that he'll get this extra two furlongs. It's certainly worth trying. And I just thought 20 to 1 was a, was a big price for a horse that's got a bit of course form and will light the ground. Yeah, a couple of nice prices there. Persian Force, as you say, I like as well in the commentary. I think he's going to run really well. He's three to one with SBK and new mandate. Juicy price there, 23 to one in the Wolferton. My nap, going to keep it simple, Ross. Caribus in the St. James's Palace. I haven't even tipped him if you're reading my uh, tipping piece that I just posted on my Twitter, but that's because he's too short a price to put into that column. I think he's the banker of the first day. Well, I mean, Baid is, but he's far too short a one to six to put up in this. I look like a right mug if he gets beaten. Um, so I'll stick with Caribus uh, for the nap. The next best, going to go for one at uh, a big price, which is Prashima. Currently 17 to one with SBK in the Ascot Stakes. All the attention is going to be on the likes of Bring on the Night and Pied Piper for the Irish coming across, back to the flat. Intriguing runners in their own right. But I like Prashima, the amount of James Doyle, which I think is very significant booking for Dan Skelton. He ran third in the Northumberland Plate back in 2019 off a mark of 103. Gets the run off just 100 here. The track will suit, the triple suit. Prashima's a dark horse in the Ascot Stakes at 5pm. Now that brings us to the, the offer for SBK customers. New SBK customers, you deposit £10, you get £30 in free bets. T's and C's do apply. Perfect for Royal Ascot, though. Make sure you make a use of that. Now, that's the end of episode one, Ross. Looking forward to seeing you in episode two. Hopefully, we'll have a few winners by then. Well, I look forward to seeing you providing Caribus wins, TC. I guess if he doesn't, uh, there <laughs> might, might be an empty space on your screen. Yeah, I'll be taking a lot of stick on Twitter. But uh, hopefully, we'll both be lucky on the first day. Everyone at home, please be lucky. Have a great first day of Royal Ascot, and we'll catch you again tomorrow.